This is WCPO FM 1051 on your FM dial, Cincinnati, Ohio. WKRC, Cincinnati. This is the nation station. Hi again, everyone, and welcome to the Cincy Shirts Podcast. It's episode 148. Today on our show, it's our old friend Ronnie Salerno. And um, there's always there's always going to be people who want to browse. There's always going to be people who want to shop. But I think the time of the mall is truly and firmly dead. And I think eventually we're just going to see even more dead lifestyle centers. Ronnie is our first three-time guest on the podcast. And for good reason, he is of interest to the Cincinnati Shirts universe because, while well, he's a soccer fan and historian, one, and two, he runs the Queen City Discovery blog, which takes a nostalgic look at Greater Cincinnati and features a lot of cool abandoned stuff. Although, as you're going to hear in the interview, uh, he's kind of changing direction there. Still loves the abandoned stuff, still loves the history, but he's uh, folding into his main site, RonnieSalerno.com, and he's going to be doing a lot more, uh, I guess it's going to be a wider variety of uh, stuff, shall we say. He'll explain. So if you've been liking the podcast, you can help support it via PayPal or Venmo. Simply use podcast at cincyshirts.com and chip in whatever you feel is fair. Also, be sure to listen to that special promo code for 20% off near the end of the episode. Now let's talk to our good friend, Ronnie Salerno. Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, Ohio. I come from C-I-N-C-I-N-N-A-T-I-Cincinnati. Once in a while, I'm at in Cincinnati. Well, uh, thanks for taking the time to do this, uh, to knock this out real quick. I know you're uh, crazy busy with all kinds of stuff. Yeah, no problem. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you now. Yeah, perfectly. Um, all right, cool. Yeah, so uh, as I was going to tell people in the intro, uh, who, they, who've been people have already already heard this now, if they've uh, haven't skipped up to the interview, which I know some people do, um, you're of interest to Cincy Shirts, the Cincy Shirts universe for two reasons: uh, one being a soccer fan, and two being uh, a guy who knows a lot about abandoned stuff. But I was looking at the Queen City Discovery blog which you run, and it kind of seems like you've uh, gone in a little different direction the past couple of months. Yeah, so it's been, um, I mean, 2020 has been interesting for a lot of people, but um, I've actually, the last couple of years, uh, have kind of used the blog more of like, I don't know, it's it's got a little bit more personal stuff on it, it's got some other work on it, it's not just about Cincinnati history anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like what I've kind of been doing is just anything that interests me, anything I want to write about, anything I want to photograph, I've actually been putting up on on there the last few years and um depending on when this airs um if everything went right and this airs on wednesday uh queen city discovery will actually be merged into uh my new website ronniesalero.com oh, okay um the url is still working everything but uh yeah i'm actually just kind of merging all of my work together in one place and it'll be nice to have an updated website that actually works on people's phones Oh, okay. Oh, there you go. Uh, what they call um, uh, mobile friendly, or uh, what's what's the what's the word that they use and the, the techies use? Mobile intuitive. I can't remember now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so something like that. Like you know, a concept that everybody else adopted ten years ago. But I'm not a I'm not a web designer, and yeah, so I'm finally finally getting around and getting it updated. It, it'll be cool. It'll just all my work from all over the years will be in one spot, and it'll work on every device. 
Cool. Well, another thing I wanted to talk about was something that uh, our friends at, well, now the Cincinnati Mills, I'll always know it as the Forest Fair Mall, uh, did last year that was kind of weird and eerie. I don't know if they're doing it this year. They set up uh, their Christmas displays inside the mall as if it were just, you know, another year. Uh, this is 2019 they did this, just another year, meaning, you know, not that they didn't have a dead mall on their hands. And like everything was normal. And I guess people went around and posted their pictures on the internet of this, you know, pretty fully decorated mall that was almost completely empty. And I was wondering, do you know, did they do that again this year? So I don't know if they did it this year or not. Um, I haven't been in Cincinnati Mills or Forest Fair in a minute, but uh, I drive by Tri-County Mall all the time, which is, it's not a dead mall, but it's, you know, it's not, things aren't going great, it seems. Uh, But they've got Christmas decorations up all over the place. And when Cincinnati Mills used to do it, I mean, for years, they still had like Santa there. So you could go to the dead mall and visit Santa Ooh. and they had like the cupola and like all this decorated, like a little arch you'd walk under. And, um, but it was like, you know, there's only two things in the mall. It was super, super weird. But yeah, people have been like joking about that since like 2014, they always set up Christmas decorations and I don't even know who they pay to do them because nothing else in that mall is really maintained. Yeah. I guess the anchors are still uh going i think that's it but i don't even think you can get into the mall from some of the anchors weirdly like isn't there a one of the big like bass pro shops or somebody is an anchor and there's like one or two others that are on the outskirts of the mall yeah the from the last time oh it's probably been a few months since i've been in there but the way it's set up there's a coles as an anchor there's a bass pro shop uh both of them have like what would traditionally be like those big wide open mall entrances um, they've closed those and they have like single door access. And the last few times I've been there, that those doors are locked. So the anchors essentially act as standalone businesses. Okay. Um, and th- then of course, you know, arcade legacies in there, which is an awesome store and oh, yeah. awesome, awesome place. But they, um, they're really one of the few stores actually in the mall. So you can still get into the mall proper. Yeah, yeah. So like they're, I guess, what used to be the Stephen Barry spot or one of the Stephen Barry spots. I don't know, man. That oh man, that, <laughs> that place has had so many iterations. I can't remember where. We, what was we need a shirt of those guys. My dad used to call them. Uh, what was he had a? Uh, uh, what he used to call them? Um, Stephen. Uh, I'll think of it later. What it was? Oh, Adam and Steve's. <laughs> On the uh, <laughs> based little uh, yeah little uh, culturally re- relevant joke for my dad there. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Um, so another mall that's um, kind of not doing too well. I don't know if you've been to it lately. Uh, unfortunately, is our friends over at the Eastgate Mall are having a rough go of it. Uh, I don't know if you've been there lately. So ironically, um, despite all the Cincinnati stuff I've written about and how many different malls I've written about. I have never physically stepped foot in Eastgate Mall. Really? Wow. Yeah. I, I've heard things about, oh, you got to go. And I mean, I mean, I worked in different malls for various jobs, like yeah. from the time I was 16 until until I was, you know, 27. And um, I've heard things about Eastgate Mall. I've heard, like, you know, a lot of people who grew up going there have shared their memories on the website. And I've just, I've driven by it a lot. I just never had the chance to go in. Hmm. Uh, and I think didn't they recently declare bankruptcy or something? Yeah, the uh, the group that owns it uh, declared uh, bankruptcy and are trying to reorganize. Uh, but yeah, it is um, it is hurting for certain. It uh, for a long time it was people were calling it a, a ghost mall and a dead mall. And it really wasn't. It was about I am three fourths full, which for a mall these days was actually you know fine. 
that was 2015, yeah. 2016 in there. That's okay. And it was, um, we had this discussion before in a previous episode. Uh, I, I quote you to my family all the time. Like, if, if your mall has more shops with, like, wizards and dragon statue stores in it than actual stores, you're in trouble. And uh, they weren't at that point at all. They, they had, a, it was still real stores. They gave H&M a huge space to take up a big footprint, and H&M just left. So, um, Eastgate Mall, you're, you're deep inside a big empty. Of course, Sears left completely. So that whole wing is dead except for uh, there's the clothing store there, and then there's the cookie store and the pretzel stand, and that's it for that wing. Oh, and the music store is still there. But um, what's, oh, wow. weird, what's weird is you walk down that end uh, right before you get to the music store. I, I can't remember which one it is. Henderson Music, maybe? Right before the Sears entrance on the right hand. If you're going toward the, toward the old Sears on the right-hand side, there is an old Music Land store there. Uh, pristinely kept like it was back in 1990. Well, it opened in 93. It closed it after the Christmas of 98. And it has sat that way ever since. It was a comic book, uh, no, a sports collectible place used it. And then it was used by the uh, UC Claremont uh, College as a classroom facility, sort of. And now it's empty again. And if you peek in, it's, it's still the music land. It's got the red, uh, trimmings on it. It's got this uh, silver wall slats to put the shelving up on. It's uh, it's crazy. Wow. Yeah. That's so you know one thing I like. I mean, like you said, it, it, they were doing pretty good. They had enough stores in there to to make a go of it. Yeah. Um, and I've always heard like that that one was you know doing a lot better than than Northgate, Tri County, and Cincinnati Mills. I mean, and granted, maybe I'm not. I mean, I, I'm not trying to spend other people's money, but I would think in 2020, you know, we the way we're trying to navigate this pandemic and businesses trying to be responsible with social distancing, if you've got a liquor license and you've got a mall with plenty of space, huh. why not take a whole wing, set up tables that are not even six feet apart, but 10 feet apart, yeah. and like create, create a socially distanced, safe space with ventilation? I mean, granted, that would cost money, but like you could go into Cincinnati Mills charge people 10 bucks to get in to be able to have a pint of beer and walk around this mall socially distanced. And I feel like there's, there's like pandemic related dead mall tourism that could really be taken. Well, maybe someone will hear this and run with it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm out of money. For sure. (laughs) Well, I'm kind of surprised. Like I, I I was having dinner um, near the Tri-County mall the other day and like all the businesses in front are, are, you know, hopping and doing okay. And then the mall's just sitting there half empty and, I'm surprised no one's tried that yet with uh, with everything that's going on related to the pandemic and all that. Especially with a space as big as, you know, uh, Cincinnati Mills. Eastgate, you would, might have a problem only in that in that Sears wing. I forgot there's also a uh, – there's a comic book store there, and they take up two spaces now. One is the actual store where they sell comic books and video games, and the other next door is a game room where I guess, you know, you can come in non-pandemic times or they maybe they socially distance do this and, you know, they, they play Dungeons and Dragons or whatever. But there's like one oh, or nice. two stores in each wing, so that would kind of make it difficult. But with Cincinnati Mills, since it's almost completely empty, yeah, you could have whole floors. You know, there's what, there's three floors in that place or two? I can't even remember now. God, it's been so long since I've been there. Yeah, on on, uh, on most, so on one side, it's only one floor. On the other two, oh, that's it's, right. it's double-decked. Um, the old and Big that Zen. mall was designed to have even more floors built on top of it that just never got built. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was, um, there, there used to be a mall in Chicago that had a similar design that was even taller, and then that uh-huh. one was, uh, that one was designed in case it ever got popular, they could put more, more floors on it, but it uh, <laughs> clearly... Clearly, never even did well with the floors it has. 
I did not know that. I know uh, when I uh, my dad moved to Pittsburgh, uh, they had just opened up the Century Three Mall in the suburb he lived in in West Mifflin, and at the time it was a DeBartlow Mall. And at the time, the Randall Park Mall in Cleveland was the biggest mall in all the world. They had a little jingle for it uh, that told you that. And uh, when they were building Century 3, it was reckoned that Century 3 was going to be bigger than Randall Park. So they stopped running the biggest mall in all the world commercials in Cleveland as they continued building Century 3 and during completion. And then something happened where they decided not to have a big chunk of it built. And it wound up being... Uh, not significantly smaller than Randall Park, but it wasn't quite nearly as big as Randall Park. And then they started running their Randall Park commercials again up in Cleveland. So having lived in both cities, it was kind of interesting to see this little uh, balancing act. I don't remember what happened, actually. If he didn't get enough land or he didn't have enough tenants to sign on and he didn't want it to look, you know, was afraid he wouldn't be able to fill it with the soft economy of the late 70s. But Interesting, yeah. I... There, there's, I, I, you might have talked to him, but there, there's a great YouTube channel called Unicom Productions that, like, really covers the history of malls in the Midwest really, really well. And um, I mean, she does these videos where she takes people on tours of them. And uh, I think Randall Park is one of the ones she covered in her history history series of, of dead malls. But it's, yeah, it's, it, Cleveland had some really interesting stories. Yeah, um, well, there, I told you about the two uh, plazas up there you should check out. The one that's in Garfield Heights, uh, which is fascinating, the one that they built on the, the garbage dump and it started to sink, and toxic chemicals started to <laughs> ooze out of it. And uh, I think they had last, but pre-pandemic, I think there was uh, some uh, effort to rescue it and to actually fix the problems and try to reopen it. And then across this freeway from it, uh, there's another plaza that was never developed. All that there is is an em- one empty building that people are pretty sure is a- was going to be an Aldi's, and that's it. It is like the weirdest wow. thing. Yeah, so if you're ever up in Cleveland, folks, on 480, right before you cross the big bridge over the Cuyahoga, uh, it's on the Garfield Heights exit. And yeah, there's, only, there's a grocery store. It's the only thing that's in there. And everything else left. Walmart, Dick's, everybody left because – and you can drive around the back of it and they may have blocked it off now. But you can see where it sank into the ground and they had to retrofit the uh, uh, loading dock ramps at the grocery store to be able to accommodate the fact that there's like a two-foot drop between where it's supposed to line up uh, and where it does. It's really crazy. <laughs> that, that is insane. But I love that little like local – that little, like, very specific piece of history that you have to, like, know to be able to see. Like, I feel like those kinds of things exist all over the city. Like, you can walk by and be like, oh, this brick was put here by this. Here's yes. this historical marker, and here's where this stadium used to be. And in the suburbs of Cleveland, like, oh, well, here's where it sank because it was built on a garbage. I love that. That kind of stuff is great. Oh, yeah, and that, there's that kind of stuff all over. We tried to get the Dead Mall uh, folks uh, to be an affiliate of our sister site, Old School Shirts, and uh, we never heard back from them. Don't know why they'd want to turn down free money, but we were just asking them to, hey, just link to our page from yours, and whenever we sell a t-shirt, it doesn't even have to be a mall t-shirt, it can be anything from our collection, you know, you'll make a couple of bucks, and they you know, they weren't, they had no interest, so, but... Um, That's a bummer. Yeah. You were talking about, you know, malls you'd been in and stuff. I realize I've been in some malls, and even just since I've lived here, that, that, of course, are no longer in existence at all, the Beachmont Mall, the Crestview Mall, the original Kenwood Mall... And the young people, whenever they think the Kenwood Mall, everyone today thinks, oh, the Kenwood Town Center. Well, Kenwood Town Center is Kenwood Town Center. It's not the Kenwood Mall. Kenwood Mall was across the street, kids. And what is now uh, yeah. Dick's and all that. And it was, at, it, was a, it was properly a mall. And I believe this is before I moved here. 
Uh, I think Kenwood Town Center started actually as an outdoor strip center, which they converted into an indoor mall. Like the original part was the part right there on that faces Kenwood Road. And then I think th- it was just storefronts. And then, then they enclosed it. And then they built it back down towards uh, – um, oh, it's on the, the one that faces Montgomery was the original part. When it goes back along and parallels Kenwood Road, that was all the enclosed mall. But um, yeah, the original Kenwood Mall is actually across the street. It had a big fountain in it too. Big, like, I don't know, 20-foot fountain it was famous for. I don't know if that's yeah, been a time. And I think it might still be, I mean, it's been a couple years. Like, I remember one time going in there because it had a TJ Maxx and I needed, yeah. like, I had, like, no money and I needed, like, cheap, cheap like, dress clothes. And um, I don't know if any of that's still there. I know the building's still there, right? Like oh, yeah. It's doing – Toys R Us. I uh, know the um the the power center they, they they turned it into what they call a power center when they when it was no longer the Kenwood Mall. In fact, I think Gold Circle was one of the anchors, as I recall. I think it had oh, just wow. closed when we moved here. Yeah, they were just. I think Gold Circle was finally closing up shop, and uh, Kenwood uh, Mall. The one of the anchors was Gold Circle. No, today it's got a uh, it's got all, all three of the TJ Maxx family: Home Goods, uh, TJ Maxx, and whatever their third one is, Marshalls. Maybe they're all in there together. <laughs> And there's, I didn't uh, even know those were related. And there's uh, Macy's Furniture uh, downstairs. That's still there. So, And there's a couple of restaurants on the outskirts. So um, the Toys R Us left, obviously. But um, yeah, so it's doing it's doing okay. I mean, those th- three stores at least seem to be doing fine. And the, the furniture store, you know, just seems to be doing what furniture stores do. So, And there's, I think, a, I think there's a Dick's Sporting Goods on the one side. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the anchors, too. So that one's doing okay. You know, it, it's it's interesting to hear about like, I mean, I, it's it's it, granted there's Amazon and retails change and things like that, but it's it's December of 2020. It's like peak holiday shopping season, and I mean, let's let's be honest, pandemic or not, how how many people would actually be going to these malls? Uh, I guess you know Kenwood Town Center they would, but it's interesting to talk about dead retail at a time like this because I mean, ten years ago. You'd have to run around all these different malls. Like Cincinnati Mills would still have something in it. Tri-County would still have something you need or or might have something you need. And now, I mean, pandemic or not, everyone's shopping online or, you know, local local retailers have gotten really big. So people are shopping down over the Rhine and in these little neighborhood districts. And, I mean, I'm standing here in my garage. It's like 40 degrees. And um, it doesn't even feel like – I know. It just doesn't feel like the same as it did 10 years ago, if that makes sense. No, not at all. I mean – we went. We ran into Target because we could do that, you know, order pickup thing. And my wife said, "Well, if you need to go in and grab this one other thing too." And so we went to pick up one of my daughter's gifts, and uh, I the parking lot was completely full. And she goes, "You know what? Just just pick up the one thing we're getting." And I walk. I got it and came back out. And she goes, "Is it crazy in there?" I'm like, "Oh, it's off the chain in there," which is just yeah. weird. But you know, that's the thing. I think. I know, like you're saying, you know, Amazon and people like shopping online, and yes, that's that's super convenient, but I think they're going to reach a level, um, I should probably coin a phrase for this, uh, a, a level where you're going to, people will still go to stores. They might not go to as many stores, we might not need as many brick and mortar stores as we did, but people like going out and they like picking up things and looking at things, you know, uh, then that's just a, a, a thirst that 
Amazon doesn't quench or, or Walmart online doesn't quench because, you know, there's only – especially my wife says with clothes. She goes clothes – I mean she buys a lot of clothes yeah. online. But she's like, you know what? I'd really rather do it in person. You know, a TV, TV is a TV. You know, you get it. If you don't like it, I mean it's a pain to ship back. But, I mean, if it doesn't work out, you can just ship it back. Whereas clothes is, you know, a whole different matter. And I think, you know, again, once we get out of the pandemic, I don't think – Retail will be completely gone. It, it will have changed, but I still think it'll be there. Oh, for sure. And, and there, there's definitely there will always be a need. And Target's a great example. Um, now that I live by one, I've I've been using it all the time. And clothes are a great example of, of things that you'd rather see. Shoes. Um, but I, and I I think a lot of people don't realize like a lot of these stores that have delivery and and you know getting it sent to your house. Like Amazon got big with Whole Foods doing that. But a lot of these plans were in the works for, especially the grocers for years. The pandemic just kind of kickstarted that. And um, there's always, there's always going to be people who want to browse. There's always going to be people who want to shop. But I think the time of the mall is truly and firmly dead. And I think eventually we're just going to see even more dead lifestyle centers. Yeah. And uh, I think we're going to see maybe maybe just one mall per town in places, you know, up north. Like, you know, I would say this is probably the very southernmost place you could have a lifestyle shopping center and hope it does well year round. Whereas in Cleveland, you really need at least one or two indoor malls in Detroit and Pittsburgh and, and Chicago. But it's funny you bring up those lifestyle centers. It's weird that nobody has done a lifestyle center, at least in this region, as good as Easton and Columbus, and it's one of the oldest ones. And it looks, we were just up there, I haven't been up there in a while, I was still impressed at the, the variety of architecture, and you know, how big it is, it's spacious, it's still nice, and whereas in Cleveland, Crocker Park is, I think, a close second, but these other places, it's like, like the green in Dayton is fine, we love it, we go there, but I mean, they didn't try really hard to make it look that much different block to block. I mean, it still looks like an amusement park or a movie set. It doesn't really <laughs> look like they went through a lot of trouble to create a small town. Whereas at Easton Center, you've got all kinds of architecture from the 20th century. You know, you've got Art Deco. You've got stuff yeah. that was built in the 20s. Even though it was all built like in the, I guess, the 2000s or the late 90s, it's a, it's a nice variety. They, they did a really nice job. Well, what's crazy about Columbus, too, is not only do you have Easton, and you have one of the, the country's, you know, bigger known lifestyle. And for those who don't know, a lifestyle center is just a modern mall. It's, it's more outdoors. It's more malleable. You can oh. change tenants in and out. Like Liberty if you're center. here in Cincinnati, Liberty yeah. Center would be the local comparison. Yep. But Columbus, Columbus had the, the like nation's first lifestyle center, which was oh, called yeah. the continent. Yeah. Um, I think we talked about it last time a little bit too. I've, I've been up there to photograph that and now it's the apartments are still occupied. They're very cheap. So they're, they're very affordable. But it's just it's just a massive abandoned outdoor mall. It, I, it's eerie. It's cool. It's it's awesome. If you're ever up in Columbus, you can go walk I, around. It. I always want to stop on our way up to see our daughter in Cleveland. Maybe one of these times I'll I'll do that. Um, she would be, be keen to stop there because she likes abandoned stuff too. Yeah, we did. Um, our sister site has a Columbus page now, and I think we have a Continent shirt in the works. I don't know if our head designer ever got around to making it, but I'm going to make a note here to remind him to do that because that's one of the few big Columbus designs we're missing is the Continent. And weirdly. Uh, they did not trademark that because it's still the sign is still up and the apartments are still called the Continent. But as far as the shopping center name goes and the logo, they the, whoever owns it now abandoned it. So, um, oh wow, we are free to make a T-shirt of that. Yeah, I remember going there. They used to have concerts there too. I remember seeing a poster for like a flock of seagulls and the Fix were going to be there. You know, back in the '90s. 
just just crazy. And yeah, and then it's funny how it, it, it they pioneered the with that, and then again with Easton Center. So uh, I guess they know what they're doing in Columbus. Yeah, Columbus is. I mean, I think from from what I understand, it's like it's you know it's like it's the crossroads of America. It's got a bunch of good demographics. If you want to open up a store or do test market stuff, like oh yeah, yeah, they're always getting my McDonald different my, different types of McDonald's and things. Yes. I mean, I don't think Cincinnati is that much different, but yeah, I mean, Columbus is kind of like if you want to know what middle income people in middle America think, right there's your spot. There you go. St. Louis, I think, is another one where they always test out food. That's McDonald's two test markets are St. Louis and Columbus. Yeah, I, I I totally believe it. Weirdly, in St. Louis, yeah, not all that, not all that dissimilar. Uh, the other thing I was going to mention uh, along the lines of what we were talking about was with a ban and stuff is you would think in COVID times when people are looking for stuff to do that's safe, uh, abandoned tourism would be great because you think about it, not a lot of people crowding around abandoned places because, well, heck, that's why they're abandoned. So a place like Cincinnati <laughs> Mills is a great place. Like we've been going, uh, my wife likes to get her steps in, you know, with she got her Fitbit and we've been going to the Eastgate Mall primarily because it is mostly empty. Now, it, there's been more people shopping, even though there's just, there's few stores in there. There's still people shopping for Christmas. Bath and Body Works is still there and there's still a couple of Coles and Pennies are still there. So there are people in the mall. So this time of year is probably not great. But I think come January and February, uh, there's going to be fantastic places to walk when it's uh, in, in there's inclement weather outside. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've I've been thinking about, I've been working from home for the last couple months and occasionally I, I go into the office and you know, whenever I can, I try to work outside or somewhere different, but the weather's turned so bad. I've thought about going to Cincinnati Mills and just sitting in that food court because it would be totally empty Ooh. and just working from there for a little bit just to have like a change of scenery. And I mean, we even discussed potentially on this call, I was going to walk around. Yeah, yeah. And Do report live. From... There. And, um, but yeah, I just, I mean, if you, especially if you, if you want to go walking, I mean, these places, the big joke was if you went to go to Cincinnati Mills to take pictures or see it. The only people you would see were mall walkers. Other, and other people and, taking pictures. <laughs> and other people taking pictures, yeah. I mean, in Cincinnati Mills, like, they, there's still a, I think there's still a workout facility in there. There's a gym. And, you, yeah, you just see typically older folks going for a walk, getting outside, just getting their, getting their steps in. And you don't got to deal with uh, this 40-degree Eastern European gray weather that Cincinnati is known for. Although, I, as I recall, I mean, you might have told me this or maybe someone else did, that they don't... In the summer, they didn't have the air conditioning on, and in the winter, I don't think they have the heat on or they don't have it on very high, which I guess is good if you're a mall walker working up a sweat. You probably don't want it to be, you know, more than 50, <laughs> 60 degrees. I don't know, but that's what's Yeah, the, the, the last time I was in there was not this past summer, but the summer of 2019, and it was definitely, definitely warm in there. And I think the arcade had its air conditioning on, but there's like there's also like a trip hazard. They have all these buckets everywhere because the ceiling is leaking so much um but i mean I, I like to run and i like to run outside year round but there are some days that are not good i would love to go to cincinnati mills and go jogging i don't think the segway security cops would appreciate that but no <laughs> well that's one thing like you said they've got a market you know maybe the uh you know closing sectioning off parts of it for like you said for you know big socialize you know let, let a restaurant move in there and you know, heck, instead of taking just this one little spot here, you can have the spot here to work out of, but then you can have this whole wing and, like you said, set up tables and 
and then have people enjoy the, you know, the dead mall kind of make, you know, uh, even though at that point, I think it would kind of lose its dead malledness. It I don't think the purity would be there. I th- maybe people would think, oh, it's not really a dead mall if you're purposely doing this, but I still think it would be cool. Yeah, I mean, it, it would still be neat. I, I've, I've been lucky enough that I've, I've been able to experience Mad Tree brewing a few times during the pandemic, and Mad Tree's got a, a great setup that I think uh, respects both consumers and their employees, and they do their best to keep everyone safe. And, I, I mean, frankly, some of the things, like being able to have a table, is like, I love that year-round. Um, but I, I think, like, if you, I mean, hell, you could just give a local bar or, I mean, even a chain, if you just had a spot, yeah, just some cheap snacks, cheap booze. Yeah. And uh, just giving people a place, as long as you could do it safely. Exactly. Um, I mean, I think, I think that's, you would, you would still have the concern of, I mean, we've seen it with weddings all year long. Yep. Having that many people in an indoor space. Um, but, like, you know, I go to Madtree, there's plenty of people in there, and they've got it set up where everyone's distanced, and as long as everyone behaves. Um, and earlier this summer, I had to go out west for a little bit. And um, we were really worried. We were we, were, we flew to Vegas because we were going to go to the desert and shoot some photos. So Vegas was like the place where we could stop, or the best place for our to get off a plane. And um, one night we just we were curious, so we walked around Vegas to see what was going on. And, um, you would think Vegas like it's got a bad reputation for being a super spreader city, but I'll tell you what: this, the casinos, at least most of them, the ones we just kind of popped into and took a quick look at. I, they are doing their damnedest to keep people separated, and they—I mean—they want to stay open. Yeah, the ones here. If you, if you enforce it and you do it right, it could be done. Now, granted, you know who knows how much money that would cost to put a bar in Cincinnati Bills and do all that, but. Well, yeah, but if you had like, I'm thinking if you had like an outside entrance, like there used to be one at, at Eastgate, it was a, I think it was a BW3s. And so the, you walked into the food court and it was, it's at the entrance to the BW3s is right there when you walked into the entrance of the food court was also the entrance to BW3s, it was off to the right. So you could, you know, do it like that where there's an outside and an inside entrance, you know, and if it's normal times, you know, when all this passes, you could tell people come in and the regular way, or if they want to sit inside a dead mall, they, well, you, you're welcome to do that too. And then, yeah, and again, again, post-pandemic, you know, if you, if you can't just add more tables, I mean, the more the merrier and, you know, explore the dead mall. Yeah. Dead mall, dead mall drinking and tourism. <laughs> there we go. There you've got a new industry. Um, have you found any like cool new abandoned stuff or as you, since you've been kind of doing different things with the blog, have you maybe not as, as focused or your radar isn't like attuned to that? Um, so I've got a couple things in the works. Uh, unfortunately, most of this year, pandemic or not, I was working on getting the website kind of rebuilt and moved over to, to a new platform. Um, you know, I, I very much love Cincinnati and Cincinnati history. Um, but I don't have, I don't have too much going on with that right now. I've kind of been focusing on, uh, traveling when I can and when it's safe to. So, uh, I spent a lot of time this year. I went out in the desert for a little bit out West, um, photographed a lot of, th- a lot of abandoned things along interstate 15, um, and throughout California, Nevada and Arizona. Um, and then here in the Midwest, um, I've got a story coming out soon on Indiana Beach, which is this cool little amusement park. Oh, yeah. Um, halfway between here and Chicago. Um, and I'm trying to think if I've got any Cincinnati stuff. I, I don't have my notebook on me at the moment. But uh, actually, I was in St. Louis for a little bit this year, so I've got a story on St. Louis coming out. Oh, nice. Uh, and then event- eventually, there will be some more Cincinnati-focused things and it's just, it's been, it's been weird because normally I work downtown and so I'm always hanging out in the city and even during the pandemic, 
Um, but I would say like the most of my work in Cincinnati this year is focused on some of the news events that happened. I've, you know, I covered the racial justice demonstrations, um, <clears throat> that were going on. Uh, I, I covered a lot of the pandemic stuff that was happening early on, uh, as a photojournalist and, um, yeah, it's, it's been weird. Most of my stuff has been, uh, either outside of Cincinnati and what's been here has been more news and topical, but you know, as things uh, go into the new year, I'm sure, I'm sure I'll find even more stuff to write about. And uh, thoughts on soccer? Yeah, so man, I, it's weird because I, I, I completely like. You know, I think 2020 has been tough and interesting for everyone. And you know, myself is, or I didn't phrase that properly. I'm no different. But um, you know, I really because there were no games to go to, I really wasn't paying that close attention. And um. I would watch a game here and there. I followed the scores, but like I kept in touch with all my friends, but it, it's just, it's been different. And of course, FC Cincinnati has a terrible roster that was put together a few years ago by people who don't know how to make a roster in soccer, <laughs> apparently. Um, so I'm hoping they'll do better next year, but I will say every time I go downtown now, the stadium has more and more completed. So that'll be interesting to see. And you know, hopefully they, they continue to develop that with, with proper respect to the neighborhood. But, um, I think hopefully if they can get some fans in the stands next year and they can do it safely and do it appropriately, um, it's going to be it's going to be a cool season. It'll be good to have good to have that back in everybody's lives. Yeah, it, uh, it hopefully will be um, a lot more fun. It's interesting you say that about uh, the different sports because yeah, with soccer it was hard to follow because you know I mean they were they did they did that tournament over the summer. And so that was sort of interesting. Hockey, I could not follow at all in August. It just, I just couldn't do it. And my team got terrible. Uh, they won the Stanley Cup and then proceeded to collapse right before the pandemic. And then, and then the tournament, I, I don't think they won a game in the tournament. I think maybe one. So I d- couldn't follow hockey. Basketball, same thing. The Cavaliers weren't even invited to the abbreviated season in Florida. So that was out. Now the Indians, um, and the Reds, both uh, made the postseason in baseball, so I was interested in baseball. And uh, same thing with football. My my team is actually good. The Browns are are shockingly good this year, so it's easier to follow that. But yeah, but in normal times when they're not good, I can still follow them, like you're saying. But when they're not, when there's no interest, you know. And if things are so crazy, it's it's really hard to stay invested. I guess. Yeah, it really is, and I think for a lot of people too, it's it's what what's what you this kind of focus you to think what's what's important yes and um you know instead of you know if there was a soccer game going on i you know i probably would have gone down to the bar hung out with my friends in normal times you know we go to the match have a good time um but what i found myself doing is like when a lot of these games are on now we can't really gather to watch it so um you know i go meet up with other friends who i not normally see or even people i would go watch games with we go get a beer somewhere or my friend Ryan and I go sit at a parking garage and drink coffee because we can stand six feet apart. Um, it's just been, it's been a different year, but in terms of sports teams, there is something I wanted to ask you if that's okay. Sure. So we, you know, I think this is my third time um, on the podcast. The very first time we spoke, uh, we were out at Hyde Park at the Cincy Shirts offices. Yes. And um, we talked about how the new XFL, XFL 2.0, yes. had just been announced. And you you told me it'll never play it'll never play a down. And I love that because it did play a down. However, they used COVID to <laughs> to announce that that league was dead. I, they got like half their season in, and then they're like, oh, COVID killed it. 
and the very next day they laid off everybody. Wait, in, in fairness, I think it was the AAF I said would never play it down. And then they did. Oh, yeah, the XFL two because there would have been an XFL one. I figured, well, they'll at least get the season off the ground. And believe me, for you folks know me, I love a good rebel league, and I wanted there to be an AAF and an XFL. And I hope the XFL returns uh, next year because I guess there is there is some talk of that if 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 we can get past the pandemic or when we get past the pandemic that the XFL is interested in still staying in business. And like I said at the time, it's like when the first XFL came out, you know, it was uh, backed by WWE and everybody at church are massive wrestling fans. I am not at all. But <laughs> I was, a, I liked the first XFL. I didn't think there's anything wrong with it. I mean, I, there was there's some wacky things to it. Sure. But I did not have as much hate for it as a lot of people did. And I was, I was surprised at the hate for it, considering how popular wrestling was. I just did, it didn't, it just shocked me that people would be that negative about it. But um, I liked both the AF and the XFL. I mean, I'm I, some springtime football. It's a nice change of pace, even though I like baseball a little bit better. Um, you know, it's a it's a nice, different flavor. You know, you can't have oh, a hamburger sure, every yeah. day. You go to, go get a chicken sandwich. You know, it's <laughs> it's like that. <laughs> so um, so yeah, I, I do hope the XFL does come back uh, next year because I I do like me some some spring football and some summer football with the Canadian Football League who had to cancel their entire. Uh, 2020 season didn't even pretend they were going to come back so oh yeah yeah, yeah. It, it's it, i was kind of bummed that neither of those rebel leagues lasted i mean i'm not a fan of vince mcmahon um you know i loved wrestling when i was a kid i uh, i don't have a lot it of just love for it now but the i thought the, the whole idea of a spring league is cool and i mean i'll be honest i the Bengals are such a poor organization i don't care really about the nfl or the Bengals specifically but you, the, the neat thing about the NFL is if you're bored on a Thursday, you can throw any game on, any two teams, and it's, yeah. it's something to watch. It's something exactly. to have on in the background. Yep, exactly. And that's the, way I about, that's the way I felt about the XFL. It would be a Saturday afternoon in the spring. I'd be working on something, yep. um, and I would just have it on in the background. It's like, oh, this is cool. You see these players you never get to see, these fans in cities that don't usually have teams. Right. And, um, yeah, maybe it'll come back. I just thought it was – it seemed like it was doing well, and then – they tried to blame it on COVID, but I think that was really just covering for uh, they were in a bad situation financially. Exactly. And same same thing with the, the, the world handed them yeah. the, the greatest excuse. Yeah, exactly. Although maybe they could, you know, although you think they would have realized when the AAF had problems that they would probably run into the uh, exact same problems. Uh, but, uh, it's funny you should say about the NFL. That was the reason I wasn't keen on the NFL for a while is because my team was terrible. Worse, worse than the Bengals, as everybody knows, because we're in the same division. And so that I didn't like, uh, in the fact that it's, it's killing guys and they didn't seem like they were doing a whole lot to combat that. And things like the Los Angeles Chargers just, I was, it's still really hard for me to get over. Yes, they started in Los Angeles, but nobody missed them when they left the first time to go to San Diego and San Diego loved them. So that's still kind of hard for me to. That, they're now my least favorite team. Even I, the Raiders, you'd expect to move. So who cares? But uh, the Cowboys, and you know, I always hated when I was a kid. And but yeah, the, the, the number one now is the Chargers because the NFL just lets it happen and think, oh, this is a great thing. And meanwhile, there's a city that supported the team that doesn't have a team anymore, and a city that when all is said and done, when this pandemic is over, isn't really going to support that team. People will be happy to get tickets, but it's not going to be the same as it was in San Diego when you had actual fans there. Oh, exactly. It's some of these, I mean, I, I assume like when they make these decisions and allow relocations, like there's a lot of money at stake. Hopefully someone's like doing the market research or something, but it is, 
that the NFL is the worst about it. And we saw that play out in MLS a few years ago where they tried to steal, take the crew and move them to Austin, which was a yes. joke. Um, and thankfully, even as an FC Cincinnati fan, you know, I'm, I'm glad the crew stayed. I think Columbus is a great town, a lot of history there. But the NFL, yeah, I, I, I love, I grew up with the Bengals. I liked them, but I was at that playoff game in 2016 when they lost the Steelers and just the, the way the fans behaved and the, the environment and, the anger and like, I mean, I don't be wrong. I, I love throwing back a few beers and having a few drinks, but yeah, yeah. Th- there, there's certain like, you know, there's certain bars you don't go into because they're too rowdy. And <laughs> Paul Brown stadium is just, that was just an environment I didn't want. And like, there's no reason there's so many bad things in the world before the pandemic. So many things to be upset over or worried about. And Mike Brown and the Cincinnati Bengals and the NFL are not worth shedding a tear or having any blood pressure increase over. Well, it's not worth anyone's time. I will say that we went to last year's, um, I, even, I forgot how we even got tickets to it. I think, oh, my, my daughter won them for us uh, the, to the Bengals-Browns game. And uh, it turns out that neither Josh nor Darren could use their season tickets. So I had tweeted out, oh, here are our seats. And um, and then Josh texted me and goes, hey, we're not at the game today. You should go down and sit in the company seats. They're like down in the first section. And so he sent me a screen grab of his tickets and we went down there and it was fine. And I know that it's not the same as going to the Steelers game because we all have a common enemy there. But I was surprised <laughs> how um, – because there were a lot of Browns fans in the stands to begin with because, you know, just it's a lot of people have – it's been handed down from family to family, and that was the team before the Bengals. You rooted for the Browns because they were from Ohio. But anyway, um, I was surprised that no one got rowdy. No one got mad. Uh, I think the Bengals won the game, so that probably helped a lot. But it was, you know, back and forth there for a while, and nobody got upset. And nobody, you know, was throwing beer on each other or anything like that. So that was at least encouraging. And so maybe it has That's good. maybe people have taken you know your notion and been like you know what this isn't this isn't worth dying for. Um, I got a quick story for you and I'll let you go. I told my buddy this the other day. My other favorite team is the Buffalo Bills, and the reason that is is because uh, I lived in Pittsburgh for a while. I went to a uh, I was part of the Browns backers. I went to a bar in Pittsburgh in the North Hills. It was a rare bad year for the Steelers. They finished seven and nine, one of their only losing seasons since the merger. And so the Bills and the Browns are in a playoff game. It's the right before the Bills make their four Super Bowl run. Uh, Jim Kelly's driving the Bills down. We're watching the game. The Browns backers, the Bills backers together. Everyone's getting along. Uh, Jim Kelly's intercepted by Clay Matthews in the end zone. Snuffs out their drive. Browns win the game. The Bills fans congratulate us, shake our hands, we're all patting each other on the back. Good luck to you guys. Hey, great. You know, good luck to you. The Steelers fans all want to fight us. <laughs> Both of us. <laughs> we're like, are you out of your minds? <laughs> Do you think Jim Kelly's going to take, or, or, or uh, Neil, I don't even know who their quarterback was, Neil O'Donnell, maybe, maybe Bobby Brister. Think they're going to take a swing for you, dude? <laughs> Get a grip, oh man. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. So that was just uh, – so it just kind of shows you. And, and I grew up with – my friends in Pittsburgh are all Steelers fans, and but they know I hate the Steelers. And so – and that's one of the reasons is because they come – they are a great organization. They've done a lot of great things, a lot of great things for minorities and, you know, getting them more involved in the league. But they still play dirty and they get away with it. is <laughs> my motto. And people let them. So that's my little soapbox on the Steelers, Browns, uh, Bengals, and Bills. <laughs> well, I love it. I love it. Okay. Well, great, man. Well, I'll let you go. I know you had a very busy day, and you, you squeezed us in uh, um, in spite of all that. So I'll let you just pick the uh, the discount code. Or I guess you're our first third-time uh, guest. So, um, oh, yeah, cool. it's a special occasion. Yeah. So um, what would you like the code this time to be for people to get 20% off their Cincy shirts or oldschoolshirts.com order? 
Well, uh, so first off, thank you very much for having me. It's, it's always good to talk to you. Sorry we couldn't do it in person. Yep. Um, and in terms of a discount code, um, let's go with dentist, D-E-N-T-I-S-T, okay. um, because hopefully I don't I – had, I had some dental work done this morning, so hopefully I don't sound too weird, but half my face oh, no, is still kind of numb. Oh, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we'll go with uh, we'll go with dentist if that's okay. Okay, yeah, that's a nice obscure one. There you go. People have a hard time. Get, you'll have to actually listen to the whole interview to get to this to get to this code. You can't just guess what it might be. I'll, I'll guess abandoned. Nope, <laughs> it's dentist. <laughs> All right, man. Well, uh, maybe we'll talk to you again sometime next year. We'll talk some soccer next time. Hopefully, we'll have a, a better conversation about soccer and have something good to talk about with it. What with the new stadium and hopefully people will be in it and hopefully the team will be winning. Yeah, I, uh, I hope so too. It'd be good to see them actually make some some progress and. I hope you guys stay safe, stay healthy. Good luck with the Christmas season. Um, I know I'll be placing some orders and stopping in soon to uh, to get some Christmas gifts for friends and family. So great, that, super. Uh, my, my best to all you guys. All right. Well, thanks, Ronnie. Talk to you later. Thank you, man. All right, take bye-bye. care. Ronnie Salerno, again, uh, I think by the time you are hearing this, uh, his new website should be up. It'll uh, link back to, well, if you go to Quincy to Discovery Blog, it, I, I guess it'll automatically forward to RonnieSalerno.com. Do check it out. Lots of uh, great stuff on there. I was kind of looking on Quincy to Discovery the other day, and it was already starting to see some of his new stuff uh, that does not involve abandoned buildings. It's all great. Do check it out. Now, if there's someone you'd like to hear on the podcast or uh, want to staff back on the podcast, well, by all means, please reach out via podcast at cincyshirts.com. Put podcast guest in the subject line. Tell us who you'd like us to have back or who you would like us to have on the show. And maybe just a few sentences about why you would like that to happen. Be sure to tell friends and loved ones about the show, including folks who may no longer live in the area but still feel connected to the tri-state. And if you haven't already, as always, go back and plunder those Cincy Shirts podcast archives. A great guest all the way from, uh, well, you got Johnny Bench, Amy Yazbeck, uh, Jeff Ruby, uh, uh, Pat Berry, Great, great episodes back there. And we might try to get some of those folks back on the show as well because people have been asking. Today's show is produced by me with all from Josh and Darren. Our theme music is Cincinnati by Big Nothing. They are from Philadelphia. Find their music on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you get your music. Find vintage tees from great places like Philadelphia, Boston, Phoenix, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Louisville, tons more where we got like 32, 34 cities in there now at OldSchoolShirts.com. Uh, defunct sports teams including football, hockey, basketball, soccer, all that kind of stuff. Old shopping centers, restaurants, radio stations. It's like since t-shirts but for those towns and again the promo code for this episode is dentist ah, how about that dentist because ronnie just came from the dentist so just type that in all lowercase all uppercase doesn't matter use that to take 20 percent off your entire cincyshirts.com or oldschoolshirts.com order follow our social channels facebook instagram twitter and snapchat for the latest cincy shirts news tell your friends about the show give us a good review wherever you get the podcast from and as always download or stream us next time bye hey!